This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. From MPB Think Radio, this is In Legal Terms, the show all about you and your rights. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. I am. I'm really excited to be here today. Uh, we, we have uh, back on the show Mark Garriga, who is a legislator and, a, and now is a Butler Snow attorney. And he was on our show right before uh, the Supreme Court of Mississippi decided whether the, to strike down the initiative process um, uh, dealing with uh, medical marijuana. And, uh, and now he's back on the show today, and the legislature has just passed legislation to go to the governor. <laughs> Great to welcome you back and, and timely to welcome you back to talk about this topic. Uh, would you t- tell us a little bit about how you became interested in healthcare litigation and specifically medical marijuana? Well, uh, Professor Griffin, thank you very much for having me. Um, I, I think I've been, I made the transition to healthcare law about 10 years ago, and it's just, you know, the way things work in the law firm is because we had a need at the time. And um, because I have a, a governmental background, that's what I had been doing for the law firm. So that's that's how I got into it. The, 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 it, it as you can imagine, um, medical marijuana, especially the way it's regulated in Mississippi or in any state, actually, is sort of a, you know a coming together of those two different fields. I mean, as long as you really are going to call it medical marijuana, there are healthcare aspects to it, and, and I know we'll talk about that. But the regulatory part of it is is fascinating. How, how a state regulates it, how we um, you know take something that was such a taboo subject, um, a challenging. Uh, subject to regulate and put it all together, um, you know, it's, that's just been part of my interest. Well, and Mark, you were in the legislature and actually were one of the people who spearheaded the initiative process in the legislature. And uh, last year, uh, the Supreme Court, the initiative process was the law. Um, why did the court do that? Would you please remind us about what that ruling was about? Yeah, so just a quick history of, of what happened. The ruling came down in May of last year, and uh, the initiative process was, you know, sadly uh, sort of a, an injured bystander in the whole uh, the whole thing that happened. And how it all started was, remember, medical marijuana in Mississippi didn't come originally through the legislature. It came through the what we call the INR, Initiative and Referendum Process, which was added to the Mississippi Constitution in 1992, uh, Section 273. Well, part of that process is the Attorney General has to certify the petitions that are gathered. So when uh, the Attorney General and the Secretary of State, who's actually the first person to review them, uh, certified the medical marijuana petition, they had to make um, a judgment call, so to speak, uh, and they had to render a legal opinion that the signatures had been gathered appropriately. Well, part of the problem was, and this is what became the issue at the Supreme Court, 
was a, a section 273 of the Mississippi Constitution says you have to divide, basically, you have to divide the signatures over five congressional districts. Well, I mean, at that time, when I was in the legislature in 92, we had five congressional districts. So there was a 2009 attorney general opinion that allowed the secretary of state to certify it by saying, you know, don't pay attention to the number five. It just means congressional districts, basically. And so that's what happened. Well, uh, opponents of the medical marijuana law at that time um, decided to challenge the whole the whole matter. It went first to the, the courts, the, the lower courts, which upheld the legislature and, of course, the Attorney General's decision, Secretary of State's decision. But the Supreme Court didn't see it that way. And not only did they strike down the medical marijuana law, which was passed overwhelmingly by Mississippi voters, they, in the process, they struck down Section 273.3, which, in, in essence, you know, undid all those years of initiative and referendum in Mississippi. We talked a little bit about this before the show, but do you think that we'll ever get back uh, that condition process? I really hope so. Um, you know, I don't hear a, a clamor for it right now. I think people are still, you know, the people who are interested in this the most, I think, are just struggling with the whole medical marijuana issue first and all that. But, you know, INR is what we call it, initiative referendum, is generally happens in response. You know, as you could think of it about as a tea kettle that's boiling. And eventually so many issues bubble up that aren't being addressed by a legislature. Um, people say, well, wait a second, why don't we do this on our own? And it may take some time for that to happen in Mississippi. I don't know. Um, you know, when, when we did this in 1992, there was an easy 10, 15 years of, of buildup up until then. I mean, it was a very popular subject. Like when I ran for office, you know, that was the number one issue. And, um, you know, we're not there yet. <laughs> I'm hoping there are some people in the legislature, though, who want to restore the right of initiative to the people. You know, it's, it's a very fundamental right of democracy. This morning, we're talking about the past, present, and future of medical marijuana in Mississippi. You can send us an email to our address, legalterms at mpbonline.org. Well, as you mentioned, Mark, we don't have the initiative process, but now we come to 2022 and the legislature in January. Uh, both the Senate and the House uh, each overwhelmingly passed legislation to uh, legalize marijuana. Um, and in fact, uh, you know, the Senate uh, was, I think, 47 to 5, if I may not, I may not have those numbers perfectly. And uh, the, the House of Representatives had, uh, you know, 103 to 13 vote. Uh, so what happens next? So um, it's kind of funny how this bill has moved so quickly here at the end, especially. Yeah, you know, when I was, um, I was also served in a governor's office, and uh, sometimes in a legislative session after the bill passes both sides, it could take days to get to the governor's office. I mean, you know, nobody's in a big hurry. The bill has to be enrolled, whatever that means, and all this kind of stuff. Well, this bill passed on the 27th. It was enrolled that same day and was delivered to the governor's office the same day. So... Um, what that means under the Mississippi Constitution is the governor has five days, not counting Sundays, 
to make a decision. And um, as you know, Richard, um, he's got basically, you know, he can do nothing. The bill becomes law without his signature. He can veto it, um, has to do that, I think, you know, by midnight tomorrow, which is February the 2nd, uh, or he can sign the bill. So those are the options, and that's where we are um, under, under Mississippi law anyway. Well, I think you know, I've, I've read a little bit about this legislation, obviously, uh, as an interested citizen, but also in preparation for the show. And uh, there are people that say, you know, this is basically veto-proof. Uh, you know, I don't think necessarily anything – I mean, the governor still has a right to veto, but what do they mean when, when people say something veto-proof? Well, they're using the math, as you've already talked about. You know, so the vote in the House was 103 to 13, I think in the Senate, 46 to 4. Uh, to override a governor's veto in Mississippi, it takes a two-thirds vote of each house. So I think that's, if I, my math's correctly, 82 in the House, 20, 35 in the Senate. If everybody who voted for the bill voted to override, then you're absolutely right, it would be veto proof. But <laughs> there's a lot more to the calculation. And I, and I can tell you from having sat there, you know, as a Republican legislator, um, to vote to override the veto of a Republican governor is not something you, know, you do lightly. And um, so, you know, the, the, whether it's vetoed or not, I don't know. If it is vetoed, will it be overridden? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot more to the calculation than just the numbers, as you know. It's interesting though, because I'm clearly, you know, with the the numbers in terms of the people who voted on this initiative were about 74% in favor. And I realize you, you can get different conversations about people saying, well, not everybody voted on the initiative or whatever, so you can't say it's 74% of the voters, but you know, large, large groundswell for this. Now the legislature has given its voice that there's a large groundswell for it. So, I mean, I, it really does look like we're on the verge of having medical marijuana in Mississippi. Yeah, it does. And, um, you know, I've got to hand it to the legislature on this. Uh, I've been spending the last few days rereading the details, and it's a very well-crafted bill. I mean, it is tight. It is long. If you want to read it, you know, get ready, because it's over 400 pages, almost 500 pages long. But the substantive part of the bill um, is about 92 pages long. But it's very detailed. So, you know, here's here's what I mean by that. In the in the when we passed it through initiative, it was very short, you know, just two pages long. Leaving basically all of the all the details to the regulatory agencies. And that's one way to do it, and that's absolutely a valid way, you know, to enact laws. Uh, this one is sort of flipped. Um, the bill is very detailed. And in many cases, doesn't leave a ton of discretion to the regulatory agencies. So some people prefer it that way. Um, but in any event, so there were a lot of things that we didn't know about medical marijuana the first time, but because we have such a detailed bill, we have a pretty clear idea of what the program's gonna look like at Mississippi. Just one quick thing. I mean, so the initiative actually would have amended the uh, constitution, but this is pure legislation. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating subject for lawyers, <laughs> um, but I'm not sure everybody else you know, cares. But uh, that was actually one of the criticisms that we all heard about it, is that, you know, we don't want marijuana in the Mississippi Constitution. Uh, 
Well, this is not in the Mississippi Constitution any longer. But practically what that means is the legislature can change this program anytime they want. And that's where the control rests now. And that's a fundamental you know, shift on how this is going to be handled in Mississippi. You can send us an email with your questions right now, legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're discussing what's in the medical marijuana legislation that has just passed the House and the Senate of Mississippi. Do you like to read the details? We'll tell you more about how you can read the Senate bill. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. standing member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is In Legal Terms. Not everybody has a chance to listen to our whole show live, so if you've missed any of the program, you can hear it on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. We'll have a link to that Senate Bill 2095 on the information page for this show. This morning, we're talking about medical marijuana in Mississippi with our guest, Mark Garriga, an attorney with Butler Snow and a former legislator. We have a couple of calls. We're going to first go to John N. Natchez. John, thanks so much for calling into In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question? Yes, um, well, I was listening to uh, somewhat about maybe uh, 20 uh, seconds before the last guy got out, the last guy, and uh, before he, before he started, you know, got to be talking about what he was talking about, and he, he pretty much said what I was going to talk about. Uh, yes, sir, that's our guest, Mark Garriga. Yeah, he was saying about the legislator could throw that out anytime they want to. That's what I was about to talk about, and he finished up with that. And I was like, wow, how did he know I was going to say that? So, uh, you know, I'm kind of like uh, thrown about it. But anyway, 
how is they going to do when people go to getting hooked on that stuff? I mean, they're using it for medicine, but when the legislator throw it out one day, it's not working. It's causing too much mayhem in the United States. People are running over each other on the road. They're in court. But the, 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 the marijuana made me do it. You know, that's what they're going to be saying. And then... They're going to throw it out, and now when they do, a lot of people are already hooked on it, and they ain't going to want to get off. You know, and then they're going to be getting in trouble with the law and everything because they can't get off it, and it ain't legal no more. It might be legal then, but like he said, they can throw it out because it's not working, and then a lot of people hooked, already hooked while it was legal. And it was getting even deeper on it. They didn't want to... You know how a junkie, the, a junkie, he he started out with a certain amount, but that now it ain't enough. He got to to get that same fix. He got to get more and more. That's what's going to happen. Well, uh, John, we're glad that you called in to uh, talk about that. I'll let our attorneys address that if they'd like, but I think that's more of a, a doctor. We need to get one of our Southern Remedy doctors to find out if you can get hooked on uh, medical marijuana. Professor Gershon, do you have anything to say about that? Well, I appreciate the call. I really do. I, I, I think... You know, this has been well-researched. I mean, we have a research facility here at the University of Mississippi that, that studies uh, plants uh, generally and, and uh, natural products, and one of them is marijuana. We're one of the, uh, you know, uh, places. Uh, they're not universities that typically have marijuana plants, and we do, um, to study these uh, results. And I think I think this legislature has thought about this very, uh, very thoughtfully, and uh, the plan they've come up with is thoughtful. You've got to have doctor or an osteopath or, you know, someone who is licensed to, uh, to, uh, and we'll talk more about that on, with Mark. Um, so I, you know, I think, um, like any medicine, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, clearly opioids were, have been a, a serious problem. Uh, and, and from everything I know, and I'm not an expert on, uh, on the marijuana research that, that marijuana doesn't cause the same kinds of addictions that opioid, uh, op opioids do. do. So, Anyway, I just think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that we, 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 I think we'll monitor, but doctors have to be involved in, in the medical, uh, 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 you know, med people with medical experience and research are going to be involved with this. Mark, I'm sorry, did you have anything you wanted to? No, no, I'm, I'm not, I don't know much about the science of it, but, um, but I will say that uh, John is exactly right. I mean, the legislature can change it at any time. And, uh, so, you know, people who are who want to get in this business uh, just need to make sure they understand that the licenses that will be issued and all that, they could go away at the drop of a hat. Now, I'm not aware that any state that's enacted medical marijuana so far has you know, withdrawn it. But, you know, the point is a good one. Call it made a good point. Thank you, John. We appreciate you calling in. Let's now go to the coast and Jerry in Bay Springs. Jerry, we're glad you're part of In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question? Uh, thank you a lot. Uh, Bay Springs is considerably inland. I'm not in Bay St. Louis. Oh, Bay Springs. pardon. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I've got a couple of questions. Y'all may have already covered it, but um, first off, is this uh, is the marijuana going to be performed in in uh, uh, I'm sorry, is it going to be sold in bud form or like loose tobacco is where you roll your own tobacco? Uh, is it going to be um, 
mainly grown here in the state or will it be imported from other states or both? And my second question is, um, have they made any provisions for the gummies and cookies and brownies and so forth to be sold uh, in the locations? And um, I'll take your uh, answer offline and, and listen. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jerry. Gosh, those are exactly my kind of questions. I, you know, are we going to get a benefit for all of our Mississippi farmers? So it's interesting. Uh, this bill, you know, the uh, the original medical marijuana amendment didn't really specify that sort of thing. This bill's very detailed, as I said before, and it provides that a cultivation facility has to cultivate the marijuana crop indoors. So it was one of the decisions that was made, and you may have heard some of the debate about that. Um, people think that it's you know much more secure. It's grown indoors, much more controlled. And so the legislature just made that decision. You know, yes, you can grow it anywhere in Mississippi. You can get a license. Um, and that's a whole other subject about zoning and all that. But it has to be indoors. Um, and Jerry's question about the forms of mer medical marijuana, the bill does. It's very detailed. It allows it to be grown and cultivated and processed in all of those forms, so in edible forms, and that would include, uh, you know, people talk about gummies or other products that you consume orally. And there are also concentrates uh, that are allowed to be grown and, you know, condensed from the grown product and just regular marijuana that we think of, uh, the loose leaf variety. So the bill allows all those types of medical marijuana to be grown and sold in dispensaries. That's a great question. I'm glad. Uh, thanks, Mark, for that clarification as well, because uh, that is, you know, one of the things that um, we're all going to be looking at. And so we're, we are going to talk, turn our attention to the specifics of the bill. And you mentioned the cultivation facilities and the kind of cannabis products. What uh, the, the bill talks about debilitating medical conditions, and that's a broad list of diseases. Um, and wh what exactly you know, is there is there a list, and what if what if my disease is not on that list? Is there a way for me to to, to qualify for medical marijuana if my doctor prescribes it? Yeah, Richard, it's a good question. And um, so basically, what it requires is the triggering mechanism under this new law is the patient or the user has to be suffering from what the the law uh, the term that's used in the bill is a debilitating medical condition. And so uh, there are three categories of debilitating medical conditions. There's a list that's in the bill uh, in section two, and it's right there on the very first page of the bill. It's a pretty long list, but it's the things that you might expect like cancer, Parkinson's disease, Huntington's disease, muscular dystrophy, glaucoma, Alzheimer's, uh, PTSD syndrome, that sort of thing. Then there's a second category uh, called chronic uh, terminal or debilitating disease or medical condition that produces one or more wasting syndrome, chronic pain, severe nausea, that sort of thing. So you have this specific list, then you have what comes somewhat a matter of judgment by the treating physician. And then interestingly, there's a third category, and the law is now going to allow people to petition the Department of Health to add conditions to the list. So 
um, the regulatory agency, not the legislature, uh, has been given that authority. So, if, you know, if enough people say, wait a minute, you missed you know, some other disease, maybe it's probably some rare disease, um, the if the Department of Health goes along with that suggestion through their rulemaking process, they can add to the list. So that's what triggers the disease, and that's what makes it, you know, medical. Um, now, keep in mind, there has to be a, a practitioner involved in that process. So, you know, you can't just declare yourself suffering from chronic pain. You have to uh, find a practitioner and defined in the bill to be a physician, nurse practitioner. It could be an optometrist, uh, a physician assistant who works under um, a physician. And it has to be an in-person consultation. Uh, so you have to establish a, a bon what the bill calls a bona fide patient relationship, physician-patient relationship. So you can sort of see how this all works in context. Uh, the legislature's tried very hard to make this a real, you know, medical uh, marijuana um, program. Now, and, and that's in response, by the way, no doubt, in response to the fact that, you know, a lot of people felt like the constitutional amendment was too open-ended. And, you know, it was a de facto legalization of marijuana. I don't think anybody could make that argument about this bill. That does seem good that there is allows for the flexibility. I didn't hear you read out shingles, and I have a, a mother-in-law who, who got shingles. It, you know, it may or may not be in the law. I don't know. But I know that's a, a, a condition that she has suffered from, and maybe this would be something that could be helpful for her. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I like that part of the flexibility in the law. And I, and I bet you, you know, actually, that's a fantastic um, example. Um, I, yes, you're absolutely right about shingles. So, you know, you, you may have given some people an idea today. Email us your questions. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're talking with guest Mark Guerrera, an attorney with Butler Snow and a former legislator about medical marijuana. How do you find out who represents you in making laws that affect your rights? I'm going to tell you next. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe I'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere you already know MPB Think Radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you but instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars how about axles 
trucks to motorcycles, cars, even 18-wheelers. Your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on Think Radio. For more information on how to donate your vehicle, visit mpbonline.org support. listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. We do hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast or find MPB Think Radio recordings on the website mpbonline.org slash radio. We're going to have a link to openstates.org slash Find your legislator. That's a website where all you do is type in your address and it will show you your Mississippi House and Mississippi Senate elected officials and your representative in Washington, D.C., as well as Cindy Hyde Smith and Roger Wicker, all of our, both of our Mississippi senators. This morning we're talking about medical marijuana in Mississippi with our guest, Mark Guerrera, an attorney with Butler Snow and a former legislator. Mark, we did get an email from from Craig, who, uh, you know, we'd mentioned you were part of the initiative process. Can you recap, is there an initiative process in Mississippi right now, or they haven't uh, restructured that since the Senate struck it down? Yeah, it's a good question, Liz, because it may not be clear, uh, especially with all the legal you know, activity last year, but sadly, the answer is there is no initiative process in Mississippi right now. All right. And, um, you know, it was hard fought. It took the legislature probably 10, 15 years to, to do it the first time. They passed it in 92. Um, and, but right now, there, as we sit here, there is no initiative process in Mississippi. We've got lots more information to give out, but we've got some questions, some comments. So we've got from our listeners. Let's go to Olive Branch and talk with Scott. Scott, we're glad you've called into In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question? Okay. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm just curious about residency requirements. For example, um, I live in Tennessee and work in Mississippi. I suffer from multiple sclerosis and thought uh, this medical marijuana might ease my symptoms. I'm pretty interested in the topic. So I think it's a great question. I'm sorry, Richard, were you going to say something? No, no, no. You go ahead, Mark. Yeah, so one of the interesting things about uh, the bill is, uh, and and some other states have this too, is uh, there's going to be a non-resident registration card made available. So there's a whole process for that in the bill. There are way too many details to go into today. But basically, if you're not a resident of Mississippi, you can still meet the criteria. Um, You can apply in Mississippi to get a registration card here. Now, once you're here, and once you make that application, you you, you get a special card, a non-resident card, which allows you, if you, again, meeting all the criteria, allows uh, the non-resident to go to a Mississippi dispensary and to make those purchases of medical marijuana. So okay, for the people who are in the business of marijuana, though, you know, this is the equivalent of allowing you know people from Louisiana to come to Mississippi to, to go to a casino, right? 
it's it's baked right. into the numbers of profitability. Um, and you know, purely from the business side, you hope people from Louisiana will come to Mississippi to a Mississippi casino. Um, I imagine, and I'm not in this business, but I imagine the non-resident numbers will play a role uh, in the location of those dispensaries. Um, so, <laughs> free market will be at work, but you know, if you put your dispensary near a state line, you may have expanded your reach. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Well, that's very helpful. Um, um, thank you very much. Thank you, Scott. We're going to go to Benton now and speak with Billy. Billy, we're so glad you've called into In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question for our guest, Attorney Mark Guerrero, speaking about medical marijuana? Uh, yes, thank you for taking my call. I want to know, is there any difference in the strength in the THC in recreational marijuana and medical marijuana? Great question. And um, so the numbers, if I just tell you the numbers, it's all going to get very confusing very quickly. By the way, and I'm a lawyer, not an accountant, so it's even harder for me to explain. But if you can follow me on this, uh, the way the legislature did this was you know, a very practical way to do it. They said that, um, and they just used some numbers. Uh, I'm sure they did some research on this, but they said the way it's going to work is that if you have a, a, a medical marijuana ID card, then you can, you can purchase at a dispensary up to six MMCEUs of medical marijuana per week, or 24 of that unit in 30 days. So what does that mean? Uh, that MMCEU stands for Mississippi Medical Marijuana uh, Cannabis Equivalency Unit. And I think the way that is, is one MMCEU is 3.5 grams. So uh, one gram, I'm told, Google tells me, and yes, I was around in the 70s, but I just heard this term. I, but that's the equivalent to what people used to call a dime bag, or basically uh, one uh, 3.5 um, grams was equal to one gram. Um, excuse me, one gram is equal to what they used to call that. And so it's one ounce is 28.34 ounces. So I know those numbers are confusing, but basically what I'm trying to say is that the state's going to regulate the amount that can be purchased in a week. Um, it's a, it's, it was a compromise amount. And then there, that system is also going to track how much you can purchase in a month. So there's going to be this comprehensive seed to sale program. Everybody's supposed to be tied in through electronically through the Department of Health. And then every time the cardholder makes a purchase, it gets registered in the prescription monitoring program. So that's how they're going to keep up with all of this. So I've got a, a little bit far afield from the question, but um, it is all tied in also by regulation, at least by the law, to the amount of THC in the product. And that gets into a whole new set of numbers that <laughs> nobody wants to try to hear me go through. And Mark, with recreational marijuana in a state like Mississippi where it's illegal and other states where it's illegal, there's no state regulation of that. So there's no telling how much is in the recreational marijuana that someone uses. So it's really no way to, I think, 
compare, but at least the medical marijuana is regulated and there, as you mentioned, the numbers are, are limited. Yeah, that's right. There, it's all in the bill. Um, you'll probably get some more of that uh, through the regulations, uh, but it will be regulated. Um, yeah, and you know, recreational marijuana on the street, nobody, of course, nobody really knows. Thank you, Billy. We appreciate you calling in. We're going to go to Neshoba County now and speak with Tom. Tom, we're glad you called in, too, in legal terms today. What's your comment or question? Good morning. Um, what I understand is that there's going to be a local option for municipalities in the state as to whether or not they're going to allow dispensaries located in these municipalities. Is that uh, generally correct? Yeah, that's a great question, and you're, it's a whole other subject, which has been a fascinating part of the passage of this bill, but you are correct. And so the way that's going to work is when the governor, well, the effective date of the bill, and let's just say assume uh, the governor signs the bill today or tomorrow, that becomes the effective date of the bill. Well, your local municipality, if you live in a municipality, and your county then have 90 days to opt out of medical marijuana. So, you know, I live in Madison County. The Board of Supervisors in, in Madison County could vote sometime in the next 90 days to say we're not going to allow dispensaries or uh, other facilities, cultivation facilities, whatever, in, in our county. Same could happen with the city of Bridgeland that I live in. So the, the clock is going to be ticking as soon as that bill becomes effective. They've got 90 days. If they don't opt out within 90 days, then you know, the law is the law. And dispensaries, can, there are some rules about where dispensaries can be located, which we can talk about if anyone's interested. Now, here's the interesting part of it. Uh, Liz asked a minute ago about, <laughs> is there any initiative in Mississippi? Actually, there is. I didn't think about this. The bill does have an initiative function in it. And it does allow um, the population within a city or a county, if they're say their board of supervisors opted out, they can opt the, the county back in. They just there's a number of signatures they have to get that's in the bill. Uh, it's not actually a, a whole lot of signatures, and they can put the measure before the people in that county or that city. What so it's sort of a reverse referendum feature that's been built into the bill. Into the bill. Great question. Yeah, I've got a, a follow-up on that. What's the, this just reminds me of uh, the way that we dealt with uh, the end of prohibition back in the 60s. What's the difference in the way we're treating this on the local level as we do with alcohol today? And I thought we were dealing with a medicine, not, not, uh, not alcohol. Yeah, it is very similar, isn't it? Yeah, um, you know, there are still dry counties in Mississippi, dry areas in Mississippi, and you can change that uh, with a local referendum. So I think that's the page that the legislature borrowed from. And, uh, you know, some people might say, well, that's the way it should be. You know, you've got to make these decisions locally. You may remember that that was one of the large, one of the, the most controversial parts of the old law. And in fact, that's what caused this downturn. Was a lawsuit brought by a mayor to challenge the fact that under the old law you could not opt out of medical marijuana. Well, it's going to put an undue burden on people that need need this for for their 
whatever medical condition that they need it for to, if they're county or, or city they'll have to travel to another municipality to be able to to get this medicine yeah and you know you'll you'll hear all of the same arguments and i know there are probably some municipalities that will probably jump on this thing today um, and then you know it'll be up to the people within that city or that county to opt back in you know i've heard all the arguments and you have too about alcohol you know people argue that it, well they'll just go into the neighboring county or the neighboring city and then we'll lose the tax the sales tax so well there's, there's a big difference between a, a big difference between a medicine that's needed and and a bottle of whiskey Thanks for calling in, Tom. Well, with our dearth of medical professionals scattered throughout the rural areas of Mississippi, it seems like a lot of our uh, health care providers, you have to travel to another county to visit anyway. So we'll have to see what some of the larger counties who do have the larger medical facilities, what those counties do. It's time for our last break. We can take your questions on our email address. The address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. Are you interested in what's going on in the legislature right now? I've got a podcast for you you might want to listen to. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Thank you for being part of In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, oh, I feel so sorry for you if you have, but you can listen to the whole show on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app as our most heard local shows. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill at 11 a.m. Central on Tuesdays following our over-the-air broadcast. You can hear Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. Tomorrow is Groundhog Day, and they're going to be talking about if you could relive your life like in the movie. Do you have any regrets? Do you have anything you'd do differently? In our previous hour today, 
we had guest Dr. Brian Pugh, Executive Director of the Stennis Center for Public Service, author of Chaos and Compromise, The Evolution of the Mississippi Budgeting Process. He was a guest on Money Talks to discuss the proposed phase-out of personal income tax in Mississippi. That podcast will be available later today, February 1st, 2022. But today on In Legal Terms, we're talking with Mark Guerrero, an attorney with Butler Snow and a former legislator. Let's go to the phones and go to Tupelo and speak with Terry. Terry, we're so glad you've called in to In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question? Yeah, uh, thanks for taking my call. I actually went to the state with Mark way back when. Um, but I have a question. Uh, what about patients' rights? And just to take it a little more granular than the last caller, do physicians have the opportunity to opt out of prescribing uh, medical marijuana? And I'll listen to your call, uh, your answer offline. So it's a great question. And um, by the way, if you were with me at Mississippi State, you don't sound as old as you must be, but in any event. Um, so it's a great question. And it's something to think about. You know, the physician community, and we do a lot of work for physicians. Um, I guess a lot of physicians will, you know, have that, that very question like, do I have to do this? Or because there's a bill now, do I? You know, do I have to treat these patients who have debilitating medical conditions? And the answer is no. Um, now, there's this whole question of, you know, under the Hippocratic Oath, if someone comes to you and says, I have debilitating, have one of these conditions, you know, would you please certify me for the program? You know, that becomes a professional question for the physician. But at least according to the law, they're not required to do that. Um, and, you know, it'd be like the normal situation where there are probably doctors who say, who will probably take the position, look, I'm not a specialist in that field. Um, you know, there are other people in the town here, and, you know, all you need to do is you know, make an appointment and go see them. The thing is, is that um, the bill does a pretty good job of making it clear, at least to me, anyway, they're going to try very hard to prevent these kind of situations where they're just, you know, people pick up a phone and call a doctor who might be out of state. You, know, you can't do that here. The, the, there has to be a medical certification by a physician, osteopathic physician or whoever, and that has to be a practicing somebody who is registered, you know, who's licensed here in Mississippi. Um, so it's you know it really is medical marijuana, but I do think you know to to just sum it up, I don't think physicians are going to have to do this, but they a lot of them are going to get these questions soon, and you know they'll have to make a decision for themselves. Um, and let me just point out one thing: uh, it's actually a three-step process. Um, the the physician certification is is not actually a prescription. Um, it's just a signed piece of paper. There's going to be a form developed by the state that where the physician certifies the person as suffering from, you know, one of these conditions. And then they take that to the Department of Health and they get a card. And then once that card is issued, then that card can be used to go to a dispensary. So it's a three-step process. 
Let's, great question. Let's go to Oxford, and Corinne is calling in in legal terms. What's your comment or question, Corinne? Um, hi. I, I have joined the show late, so I, I, if I am repeating uh, issue, I apologize. But my issue was that Mississippi overwhelmingly voted for medical mar- marijuana, and then the legislature overturned it. It's like my vote doesn't matter is what it feels like to me. You know, I have to say, uh, I appreciate the call. Thank you. You know, as a lawyer, I have to be careful what I say. I, I really, and a lot of people are very disappointed. It's something that that many Mississippians wanted to do, got overturned by our Supreme Court. But that's our system. It's the way it works. And now I think you could argue that the system works and then the wheels of justice grind slowly. And so now we have a medical marijuana bill. Um, we're just 120 days, 150 at the most from actually having dispensaries in our state and registration cards available. So, um, you know, I, I do, I'm very sympathetic to what you're saying. And, and, and that's why we really need initiative in Mississippi again. And I hope the legislature's paying attention. Thank you so much, Corinne. We appreciate you calling in. Uh, we have one minute left. Uh, Mark, give us a, a quick recap for people who had joined late. When will this take effect? So if the governor signs the bill tomorrow, that's February 2nd, uh, then we're roughly 120 days from a medical marijuana program, a full-scale medical marijuana program in Mississippi. Now, it may take longer. Um, and I'm not, I'm not an expert on growing marijuana, but it may take longer for the marijuana to actually be grown in Mississippi and for the products to be made available. But you're going to see very quickly here uh, people, and there are people already buying you know, spots on streets for dispensaries and things like that. Uh, we have clients have already leased you know, facilities that they would like to grow in. So there's all, all of that activity is about to hit, um, and Mississippi's about to enter a new phase. And despite the setback in May of last year, you know, no matter how you feel about it, there is going to be medical marijuana in Mississippi very soon. Maybe they call it weed because it grows fast. Who knows? Thank you so much, Mark Guerrero. We appreciate you coming on and giving us your expert information. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's going to wrap us up for today's In Legal Terms. Thank you, Java Chapman and Jay White, for getting our show on the air. So for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. Please join us next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.